Good morning, Emmanuel. Uh, let's begin with prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for a beautiful morning. We thank you for uh, continuing to call us together as your church. And Lord, we um, expect this morning uh, you to comfort us. We expect you to give us hope. We ask that you would uh, encourage us and grow us in our faith, make us more Christ-like, more compassionate, more loving. Help us to stand firmly on your truths. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how's everybody doing? Good? It was a good poll at the last service. If you, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you're above a 5, you can raise your hand. Okay, most of you. So we're optimistic. That's good. Uh, it has been a good week. It's been a week of transitions for my family, having kiddos back in school, for many of you as well. Um, couple more weeks, our youngest will get to go to afternoon pre-K uh, over at the school as well. So that's going to be great. That'll be five, uh, two to three hour sections a week where there's no kids in the house. And that's been a while. Uh, it's been a while since we've had that reality. So I'm excited about that. Um, <clears throat> in terms of my own uh, work and ministry, I have been using the chainsaw a lot. So all of you that keep asking, um, I've used it three more times this past week. And yesterday we got to cut up a shed that a tree had fallen on over in Roland at a house. So uh, we hacked it up and put it on a trailer, and there's no shed there anymore, but there's still a foundation for them to rebuild on, which is neat. So, <clears throat> so the needs that our communities have in the wake of the storm are going to be a little more hidden now. It's not just piles of brush along the street. So if you know of anybody um, or hear of anybody that needs some help uh, with some repair work or yard work or things like that, please let us know. We'd love to be the church and to honor Christ and to help anybody that we are equipped to help. So, so today we're talking about <clears throat> invitations and challenges and how that relates to our faith. So I want to give you a little bit of an idea on how I'm using those words. So invitation, when I say that this morning, I'm talking about uh, the goal, the prize, the reward, and the joy. <clears throat> Excuse me for that. And for us in Christ, the invitation is given to us by our Lord and Savior. The invitation is uh, extended to us by God into goal, into the goal, into the prize, which is Jesus, into the reward, which is eternal, everlasting life, in communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the joy that comes along with that, that we don't even have to wait for till eternal life, we have that today, right? So when we're talking about invitation... Um, you know, there's an invitation to be debt-free, right? Like, that's a good thing. That's a prize. That's a goal that we want to work toward. There, there's an invitation of traveling during retirement. And so these are things that we work on in our lives, that we uh, make decisions to get us to the place where we can realize and more fully experience the invitation. So when we're talking about challenge today, this is the encouragement and the structure and the means by which we can realize the invitation. The, the structures that help us get to that invitation, to the prize, to the growth, to the reward, and to the joy. We want to see our dreams, uh, especially our dreams of faith, our dreams of becoming more Christ-like, become a reality. So for example, if you want to realize the dream of becoming debt-free, you've got to make some decisions and challenge yourself uh, you can't just magically snap your fingers and make those debts go away, right? And you can't just haphazardly throw money at it unless you have a lot of money to throw. Sometimes that works. But more often than not, you need a plan. 
You need a structure. You need encouragement. You need somebody to hold you accountable to that. And if you want to travel when you retire, if that's a prize or a goal for you, you need to make decisions today that will help you accomplish that goal, right? It's not something you can just cross your fingers and hope you saved enough. You can actually figure out ahead of time what you would need to see that goal happen and work towards that. So this might be a new or a fresh way for us to be encouraged to go in Christ um, as individuals and as a congregation. And I think we want to be a congregation that, uh, that steps into the invitation that God has called us into and one that steps into the challenge that God gives us. And we want to live that out together in our community and extend the same invitation and challenge to the world around us through our, min- our ministry and through our mission. So to help understand this a little bit more, I have a graphic here. And it's a kind of a four-quadrant thing. Uh, so we have quadrant one, quadrant two, three, and four. Uh, so if you're looking at invitation up and down, the higher up you go, the higher the invitation. And if you're looking at the challenge, the farther you go this way, the, far, the, the higher the challenge, low challenge. So high invitation, low invitation, high challenge, low challenge. So that'll help us understand. So I'm going to go through, this is more of an academic exercise to start so that we can better understand what the realities look like if our lives and our church and our ministry are in these four quadrants. So first we're going to look at quadrant one. That's the low invitation and low challenge quadrant. So for this one, the stakes are low and there's no challenging each other to achieve them. If you're in an environment that has a low invitation and a low challenge, there's not really a good, exciting, defined goal that you're running towards, and there's also not that much encouragement to get anywhere, right? So a couple examples for this. I have a football example, and I have a business example for each one of those, so we can kind of understand what I'm talking about. So for football, if your football coach or your son's or your grandson's football coach comes and sits down and says, all right, our goal this season is to win three games. Each player can set their own workout schedule, We just ask that you make a team practice once a week so that we can go over a game plan. That team's probably not going to do too well, right? Uh, How many football teams start with the goal of winning just three games? Uh, They want to win every game, right? So here the prize, the bar has been set really low. There's a low invitation. There's not really anything too excited to go towards. And then the structure and the encouragement and the challenge is very low. So you're probably not going to see too much growth throughout this season if that's your goal. In a business, it might look like this. Uh, Let's say the manager or supervisor sat down and said, our only goal this year is to not lose too much money. As long as you do most of your job and we don't lose a lot of money, you're good. Is that a successful business? No, that's probably not the business you want to work for unless you just really like the paycheck you get and don't want to do anything and don't want to go anywhere. So that's what low invitation and low challenge can look like when it's played out. Quadrant two, low invitation and high challenge. In this quadrant, the stakes are lower, unappealing, like the first quadrant we talked about, but the challenge is rigorous. Something might be gained through the journey, but the end goal isn't much of a prize. So what this might look like for football. Our goal this season is to win three games and not get injured. I expect every player to put three hours a day into practice, two hours a day into lifting, and if you miss a meeting or a day, you don't play. Together we can do this, (laughs) right? So the challenge is really high, but the prize is really low. The invitation is really low. Or in a business, it might look like this. 
Our goal this year is to grow, or no, yeah, our only goal this year is to not lose too much money. I expect diligence, weekly reports on your productivity and accountability on how you are going to make this company succeed and thrive. Well, the goal that's been set isn't one that's going to make you succeed and thrive. You don't even know what that looks like. You haven't been given a picture of what success looks like. So, again, we have an environment where you probably don't want to work. This is an environment that really leads to burnout for people. If there's no chance of growth and achievement uh, and, and really uh, a prize to be seen at the end, and you're working really, really hard to go nowhere, that's where a lot of people see burnout. The next quadrant is quadrant three, the upper left quadrant, and that is a high invitation and low challenge quadrant. So here the prize and the stakes are everything. Like you actually realize the goal. You realize what you want to be striving for, but the challenge or the structure to get there is unengaged or apathetic, and there's kind of a disinterested atmosphere in working towards that prize. So the prize and the goal means everything, but nobody seems to be going in that direction. So for football, it could look like this. Our goal this season is to win the championship, right? That's how most teams probably start the year. Each player can set their own workout schedule, and we just ask that you make a team practice once a week so that we can go over a game plan. All right, so there's the prize, and there's a structure that is not going to help that team realize that prize. There's no challenge, there's no accountability, there's no encouragement to really work and grow and get there. And then for a business, our goal this year is to grow by 10%, make two new hires, and earn a 6% bonus for a whole office if we meet our goals. Most of you kind of know what you're doing, so as long as you do most of your job and we don't lose money, that's cool. All right, there's a great business goal, and then there's no accountability to see that through, no challenge to see that through. Again, that's not a quadrant. At least you realize what you're striving towards, but it lacks the sort of structure and motivation and accountability and challenge to get you there. And then the last quadrant, uh, the healthiest of the four quadrants, uh, is the high invitation and high challenge quadrant. Here, the prize and the goal means everything, and everybody is on board to challenge each other to grow and embrace the goal. So for football, it might look like this. Our goal this season is to win the championship. I expect every player to be at practice, to lift each day, to encourage each other to meet the goals of the team. If you miss a meeting or a day, you're not going to play as much, but together we can hold each other accountable and do this. Right, so there's a game plan, there's a structure on how we could maybe actually realize the goal of winning this championship. And for a business, it might look like this. Our goal this year is to grow by 10%, make two new hires, earn a 6% bonus for a whole office if we meet our goals. I expect diligence. I want weekly reports on your productivity and accountability on how we're going to make this company succeed. And if your coworkers have struggles, come alongside them and help them out and work through it so that we can achieve our goals. So there's a really good prize you're working towards, and here's how we're going to get there. This is the environment, the atmosphere we're going to use to get there. So those are the four quadrants we're talking about, and they do relate to ministry. They relate to how we treat our own growth in our own lives and our faith, and particularly how churches look at their own atmosphere and how churches look at the environment that they're setting for growth as well. And we'll, we'll apply that to what a church atmosphere might look like here in a little bit. So this invitation that God gives us, this is a really big prize, this is important, and we saw in our gospel reading this morning, Jesus is on the road, he's going to the family of Lazarus. Lazarus has died. And in a conversation, Jesus says this. 
He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus pretty much says, I am the goal. I am the prize. I can overcome death. And Jesus goes on in the next section after we stopped, and what does he do? He proves it. He raises Lazarus from the dead. Even though he saw their sorrow and he wept, even though he saw their brokenness, he knew that it wasn't the end. He knew that there was a bigger invitation at stake than just the death of Lazarus. And he proved it. This is the life that God is inviting us into. An incredible relationship with Jesus of life. Resurrection from our death, from our sin. That's a reality we live into again today. It doesn't have to wait till we physically die. He offers us life everlasting and eternal. Again, that starts when you follow Jesus today. That doesn't have to start when you die. And when we have this partnership in Jesus' ministry, He invited disciples along to do the work with him, to grow with him, to carry on the work when he was gone. So this is a really great invitation. God invites us to grow now, not later. We want to grow later too, and hopefully we grew some yesterday. But the invitation, every morning you get up, is right there. Jesus wants you to to see and realize and recognize that he is the prize, that he is the goal. And in him we can grow today. We can flourish today. From that invitation that we receive from God, that should flow to each other, right? In the body of Christ. How we treat each other, encourage each other. And we're going to talk talk a little bit more about that in the challenge. But then it should also flow through us to do something called the Great Commission. This invitation isn't just for those who already know Jesus, is it? The church doesn't exist just for those who are already in it. It exists to reach those that aren't in it. So in the Great Commission, we have this invitation to be part of the work, to make believers of those who are not believers, to proclaim the gospel where the gospel has not been proclaimed or received. We are called to be extenders of God's invitation. His invitation transforms our lives, flows through us, around us to each other, and then out into the world that hasn't heard that invitation but very much needs to, right? We are called to be extenders of God's invitation. And so we extend that to each other within the body of Christ as well. Uh, We're not all alone. It's not like each one of us individually has the mission to go carry it out by ourselves, right? The encouragement that we give each other as the body of Christ to realize this invitation is very important. There's the Proverbs uh, 25, 17, and you've probably heard this. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We, we remind each other of God's love and prize and joy and invitation as the body of Christ. And so we have this ongoing work of extending this to the world as well. So that's the invitation. This is an incredible invitation. It is worth living for. It is worth, worth dying for. That's, that's what Jesus is offering for us. And then we have the challenge. God's challenge to us, and we see that reflected well in our Hebrews text this morning. This text gives us the imagery of drawing into the most holy place, drawing into the presence of Christ, nearer to Christ, so that we may become more holy as Christ is holy, right? Hebrews is a lot about that. This takes some work, this takes some structure, and this takes a whole lot of God's grace, 
But it rarely happens without us accepting that challenge and seeing and partnering with how God wants us to grow and become more holy. Becoming holy, for many of us, is going to be a very active, hands-on process of paying attention, right? And actually working on and doing the hard work to the things in our lives that don't resemble Jesus Christ. So God gives us this challenge to grow in holiness. He challenges us to love God and love our neighbor. He challenges us to experience his richness in the scriptures, in Christian community, and he encourages us to practice our faith and follow Jesus inside and outside the walls of the church. God provides all that we need for this challenge. That's comforting. When we are in Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. God empowers us, encourages us, and can edify us through the power of the Holy Spirit and through our camaraderie as the body of Christ. So the challenge from God is also a high challenge, right? Because any time that we are devoting our lives and giving more of our life to Christ, to holiness, to God's work, we're going to see some incredible fruit and we're going to be closer to realizing and understanding and experiencing the depth of the invitation. And then our challenges to each other, to love each other, to grow in holiness together, this isn't just an individual thing, We're called to pursue God together and grow in healthy relationships with our neighbors in the church, to love God, to love each other, and to love our neighbors well as we live out a life of discipleship, to remind each other of the value of scriptures and the Christian life and Christian community and the deep relationships and the value of spreading the gospel. The Hebrews text this morning said to spur each other on to love and good deeds. That's what our challenge to each other is as the body of Christ, and that's what we show and witness to in the world around us. So the challenge for us should be high to each other as well, because God's challenge to us is high. How we, how we challenge each other should reflect how God challenges us. The invitation we give to each other should be consistent with the invitation that God gives to us through Jesus Christ. So there's the godly challenge, and there's the godly invitation So the question then is this, how can we have a healthy atmosphere in our lives of high challenge and high invitation? How how are we living with the invitation of God on our hearts day in and day out? How are we challenging each other? How are we receiving God's challenge to us to realize these joyful truths and to grow? Um, So I said earlier I'd relate a church atmosphere to the quadrant. So here we have that graphic here. So quadrant one, low invitation and low challenge, if that is the community, the institution, the church that you're a part of, it's going to be a boring and apathetic culture. That, that sounds pretty, dis- I don't want to be part of that, sorry. <laughs> if there's no goal that you're going towards and there's no growth and encouragement and challenge, it's going to be a boring and an apathetic culture. Uh, the second quadrant, the bottom right hand there, a low invitation but high challenge. Again, that's your stressful burnout culture. There's a lot of wheels spinning, right? There's a lot of stuff to get done and to do, but what are we doing it for? And so in the body of Christ, we don't want to be low invitation. We never want to take our eyes off of Jesus. We never want to take our eyes off the goal and the mission and the challenge that God has given us. Quadrant three, this is the consumer church. This is where everybody says, yes, God is good. We love God. And then there's no challenge to grow and better ourselves. 
For quadrant three, the goal and the prize is clear, but the challenge to get there is weak, and the resistance to change will eventually keep that community from realizing the prize the way God intends it to. I think that is where most of Western Christianity probably sits. Yeah, we have the gospel, we've received Jesus, we've been baptized, we love God, and then we kind of stop there. We, we don't realize how much the prize actually applies to our life today. And so we don't want to be the cozy culture church either. We actually want to grow. And so quadrant four is the discipling, empowering culture that I believe God is calling his church universally, including here, to be. This is where God's invitation is at the forefront of the community of believers. And we're willing to walk with each other, to better each other, to challenge each other, to forgive each other, and to carry out God's kingdom work together. Empowering and encouraging. So the question is, which church do you want to be a part of? I, I think some of us maybe are like, three's not bad, right? <laughs> I mean, don't want to have to work too hard, but the reality is that God, God wants us to have a high invitation and a high challenge in our lives to realize the value, the worth of Jesus Christ and the worth of the work that he calls us to do and to grow in as his church. So some questions for your reflection this morning. What is God calling us to be? So God wants us to keep our eyes on him. He is the author. He is the perfecter. He is the prize. He is the goal. And he's also the reality and the challenge for us today to get there through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to rely on him and genuinely walk alongside each other so that we may grow in Christ and realize his kingdom in our midst. So in your own reflection, think about your life. In what ways maybe have you lost sight of God's invitation? Maybe you reflect on your life and you're, and you're not seeing as much attraction to that invitation as you once did, or maybe as you want to. Maybe you've forgotten what the prize really is in life. Uh, in our culture, it is a culture of idols in many different ways, and it's very easy for something, even something good, to, to not got off the pedestal and put itself there. Even things in the church can be that. So in what ways, maybe in your life, have you lost sight of God's invitation? And the second question is this, in what ways do you sense a lack of challenge and growth in your life? Again, many of us realize the prize, and there's not a whole lot of systems and accountability and growth in our lives to better live into that. So where in your life do you sense a lack of challenge and growth? How might God want to speak into that and bring a freshness and a newness and a fervor? And then finally, for our congregation, and, and really for our church across the world, which is bigger than Emmanuel, how can we be the empowering and Jesus-filled church that God is calling us to be? How can we be that exciting discipleship, God-honoring place where people both have the prize set before them and the encouragement and the healthy, God-honoring ways to get there together? As you carry on with your day and your week, I encourage you to reflect on those questions. Um, if we're never challenged, we don't grow. This is one of those invitations that's worth growing towards in every aspect of our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Not only have you given us the prize, you are the prize. You are the Alpha and the Omega. 
And Lord, we want you to be the Alpha and the Omega of our lives, in our relationships, in our families, in our disciplines, in our growth, in our communities, in our workplaces. Lord, you have an incredible prize for us to live into in Jesus Christ. May we grow to know him more. May we grow in community with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May we do it together as your church. And Lord, I pray a prayer of thanksgiving that you have challenged us and you have given us uh, an incredible witness in the scriptures to encourage us and grow us and you give us an, an incredible church, a body of believers to encourage each other, to sharpen each other, to propel each other, to spur each other on to good deeds. Lord, we thank you for your grace because we know we can't earn that, yet you freely give it. So Lord, as we reflect on our lives this week, we pray, Lord, show us the prize. Challenge us to grow, to become more like Christ. May our love be noticeable. May it be lived out in every aspect of our life because of your love for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.